everyone dreams of living an uncommon life. And the best asset you have to achieve your dreams is you. Welcome to the Uncommon Wealth Podcast. We're going to introduce you to people who are living uncommonly. We're also going to give you some tools and strategies for building wealth and for pursuing an uncommon path that is uniquely right for you. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the Uncommon Wealth Podcast, where I'm your host, Philip Ramsey, and I am solo today. Well, kind of solo. I'm interviewing a good friend of mine, Kevin Lease. And the reason why I wanted him, one, he has a super uncommon journey up to this point, but he gets to interact with a lot of business owners. And today, what we're going to try to impact is, or unpack is why and what different obstacles do people put in their way or believe they can't overcome in order for them to believe and invest in themselves. If you're a longtime listener of the show, thanks for taking the time again to jump on. But you know that I like analogies and my analogy on jumping off this proverbial uncommon bridge. And that analogy is that you have to at some point believe in yourself and you have to leave something that's very comfortable and you have to trust in the parachute that you have packed yourself. And that is your experiences, your life experiences and all the different ways that you got to this point. But one of the big things that I really like is just if you got to wake up and do what you love to do every day, when would you want to stop doing that? And the answer is, we'll never. And so that's our goal here at Uncommon Wealth is to try to get each one of our clients to a point where they absolutely love what they're doing every day. They get paid for it, uh, but they're not doing it for the money. So Kevin, welcome to the show. And I'm super excited to just unpack your life. Dude, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, fellow. Yeah, man. Uh, so first, let's just start with your own uncommon journey, because I feel like it has set off in a new path recently, and you've jumped off a couple bridges. But for this sure. last one is the one that you're finally like, you know what? It's time for me to invest in myself. Yeah, absolutely. And first of all, I want to jump in and say, with what you kind of led up with, it, it gave me goosebumps, just because it kind of brought me back to you know, taking that proverbial jump yeah. you know, off of the bridge right. or, or whatever. So, yeah, so my path is, is pretty unique, um, unique, but not unique. So, um, so I actually had a baseball scholarship when I first uh, went into undergrad and I tore my rotator cuff my junior year of high school, played my senior year, got to college one year. I thought, hey, I'm, um, I'm I had gonna, I'm no gonna, idea about this. Yeah, this dude, is fascinating. Yeah. So what college? Uh, the University of Sioux Falls. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, you know, it wasn't a full ride. You know, they don't really do full rides and things like that. So, um, but what I did is I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go in and uh, I'm going to play baseball. And uh, forgot that when you go to college, you're supposed to go to class, right? And that's <laughs> one thing that they tell you you're supposed to do. So, um, ended up not going to class, spent too much time with baseball, ended up not being able to play just because of my shoulder, um, got put on academic probation. And my parents are like, nope, they slammed the checkbook shut. They're like, we're done. We're not going to do this wow. anymore. So I made it through one semester, dude, one semester. And then I was like, well, what am I going to do now? And uh, I thought, hey, I love golf. Uh, I'm going to go get my degree, my associate's degree in golf course management. Huh. So I ended up going to Southeast Tech in Sioux Falls, got my uh, degree in, uh, in golf course management. And then the reason I did this because I loved golf so much, right? But then I found out that well, shoot, if I'm going to do this, I'm only going to be working on a golf course. I'm not actually going to be able to golf. And I was like, well, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so I went back to the University of Sioux Falls, uh, finished up my undergrad, uh, had to work through. I was on academic probation when I got there. Uh, I think I graduated with a 3637 by the time the dust all settled Dude, and stuff great. like that. So uh, so that was kind of the, the kickoff to it, right? Um, 
So that led me to, okay, I got a degree, um, got two degrees now. I got one in, in uh, an associates in golf course management. I got another one in, in business with a minor in economics. What, what the hell do I do now? So <laughs> right. I go to my hometown and my dad and my mom had a family friend who was a bank president down there. And they're like, hey, why don't you have Kevin come over here? Um, he can do an internship. He can you know, audit files, do all that crap. And uh, so I went down there and did that. And uh, I was like, I had no desire to be in banking just something that was offered to me. So I was like, well, Hey, if they're going to pay me, why not go do this? Absolutely. So I go there, I start working and the phone was ringing one day and I was like, why is nobody? And I, I didn't, I had never answered the phone before there. I, that was not my thing, but you saw a need. Well, I saw a need and I was pick like, well, okay, so I'm going to grab the phone. I pick <laughs> it up and I was like, Hey, first American bank and trust. This is Kevin. And it was a recruiter out of Minneapolis. And they were recruiting for, at that point, it was FNM Bank, which then turned into Great Western Bank, which is now First Interstate Bank. Interesting. So they were like, hey, we're looking for uh, you know, a personal banker in Madison, South Dakota. Do you know of anybody? And I was like, hey, sure. Why me? I was looking for a full-time uh-huh. job, so why not take a look at it? So that started my banking career in 2001. Okay, 2001. So 2001 started my bank career, my banking career. And from there, um, also started my uncommon path. So I ended up working for um, for FNM Bank six, um, probably about six months into the job, not even six months into the job, it was much less than that. Um, the bank president there decided to move up within the organization to be their... Um, chief compliance officer. So they didn't have a market president. It's a town of 6,500 people. There's like three banks and two credit unions, way over banks. But they were like, hey, we don't have anybody. Kevin, why don't you slide into that position? I'm like, dude, I, I know nothing about banking, right? I'm, I'm like, I'm just like college. What's uh, happening? I'm like, okay, yeah. so here we go. So at that point, um, less than six months into my career in banking, I'm I'm the interim market president. I'm doing you know business loans. I'm doing ag loans. I'm wow. helping manage staff, doing all of those things. So <clears throat> it was it was kind of a trial by fire, by fire uh, drinking from a fire, all of the analogies you can think of. Right. But, but through the process though, I was only given the opportunity to be the interim president, even though I was doing a good job, I was man- sure. managing and maintaining. I, I had hit kind of a glass ceiling and I can't obviously time, right. Time is one thing that's so valuable. We can't get it back, but I can't speed up time to get more experience. So um, I was like, I applied and they said, no, thank you. You're doing a great job, but just fill in. So that happened three different times when I was there. Wow. So I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm not going to do this. So um, I go to California. Uh, I had a friend out there, which I kind of skipped apart where I lived out there for a little bit of time. But anyway, so I had a friend out there. I go out there and I was like, hey, let's, I'm going to look at California. I'm going to go out and I'm going to start my, get my master's. So go out there. It wasn't a good fit. Mm. So um, at that time, my ex-wife and I decided, hey, Let's sell all of our stuff. So we sold our house, sold our cars, sold all of our winter clothes, and we said, we're going to go to Hawaii. Oh, so my goodness. we moved to Hawaii. Okay. Never been there. Bought one-way tickets, had no job, had no place to live. Holy cow. Um, basically rented, a, or basically rented, uh, booked a room at the Sheridan Princess Kayulani in Waikiki for two weeks. So no. just short of 14 days. And um, looked for jobs, uh, applied for grad school for through Hawaii Pacific um, she did the same for undergrad and, uh, 
come the last day at the Sheridan Princess Cayulani, yeah. we had no place to live. There was oh, no hotels no. to book up, no rooms that Probably night. Probably not so much money in the bank. Let's be real. Oh honest. yeah, dude. No, no. I'm <laughs> yeah. pretty much burning through that, right? And right. Um, that's when uh, that's when old Mister Credit Card or credit cards became our our best friend at that wow. point. So. Um, dude, just a crazy story though. Not, not to make it overly no, long, this but it's fascinating. So started out grad school there two and a half year or t- about two years. Didn't start grad school right away. Um, it was their executive program through Hawaii Pacific. I worked for first Hawaiian bank and bank of Hawaii when I was there downtown. Um, it's paradise, but it's, it, it was, it was trying though. It's hard. Trying. Yeah. I mean, you're, Closest relative uh, at that time was in California, so you're still 2,700 miles away from any friends right, or family, right? Right, and just the right? time difference. Oh, alone. yeah, five, five hours. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard a statistic. I don't know if it's true, but they said about s- seven years is the average that people go over there. You know, like, that seems like a like long time. There? Yes. Yeah, I don't know, man. I... Two years, you know, if if everybody was there, yeah, your whole I family, right? Different. Yeah. But the two-year mark, I mean... You know, no seasons or anything like that. You know, it's beautiful oh, yeah. all the time, yeah, right? Right. Um, blood totally got thinned out because you don't have air conditioning and your body temperature never goes above 90 or lower than like 70. Wow. Right. So your blood completely gets thinned out. Um, so, anyway, so I was there. Decided, my dad um, ended up getting sick. So, I flew back like three or four times um, in January of, I don't even remember what year it was now, 2020. 2020, 2001. Uh, so probably would have been 2002, 2003. Okay. So, um, anyway, ended up moving back. I was like, I can't do this. It's too much. The God's telling me that I, sh- I shouldn't, I shouldn't be here. I should be back. Okay. So I, I come back, I fly in, um, lose my luggage. So I flew into the Minneapolis airport in flip flops, board shorts. Uh, we call them slippers in Hawaii, but flip flops, board shorts in a, in a tank top, shaggy hair, dark tan, middle of January. There it is. They lost my bag. Oh dear. Problem. Problem. So I'm like, okay, everybody's looking at me like, dude, you got off the wrong plane. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, not yeah. supposed to be yeah. here. So that really kind of started the journey. So moved back to Minneapolis, um, worked for TCF National Bank there, got recruited back to South Dakota to work for Wells Fargo um, to be a business banker there. That's when I that's when I finished up grad school. So I went back to the University of Sioux Falls to finish up grad school. Your roots. The roots. <laughs> um, went through that. Um had my son, had our uh, our son Maddox, uh, moved down here. Um, it's almost been 11 years ago, November of 2012. Okay. That's when I moved here. Wow. Um, went through divorce two years after that. Um, I was actually working for, uh, I, I left banking, got out of banking, uh, went to work for a company doing and helping businesses going through transitions and succession planning and things right. like that. But at that point I was going through a divorce and I couldn't be a father. My daughter ended up coming along during that time, but I couldn't be a father of two kids on a commission only job. So I got back into banking. Yeah, right. Consistency. So consistency and things like that. So, I mean, as you, for me there, you know, success is not linear <laughs> and success is defined by each person. Right. Mm-hmm. But what I found out is no journey is linear either. Mm-hmm. There's going to be ups and downs, trials and tribulations. And it's all, there's a lot of times where I could have just said, screw it. I'm just going to go get a $60,000 a year job and just lay it. This up. is what I'm doing. Yep. I'm just going to, you know, sock away in my 401k and do my thing. Right. right? But, um, that's really kind of never been my style to do it that way. Right. So, um, but yeah, so here I am in Des Moines, uh, 11 years later, um, right prior to the pandemic, um, I took a position to be the market president for a bank here in town. We'll just leave it at that. 
Yep. And uh, it was a new bank in town. And the bank that I was at before, I had a non-compete, non-solicit. I left. That started a 17-month journey of a um, of a legal battle. I didn't do anything wrong. The bank that hired me didn't do anything wrong. Uh, so 17 months goes by, and this was right at the cusp of the pandemic is uh, when I went over there. So uh, it was like February, January, February of 2021. 12 months comes around, February of 22, or yeah, February of 21. I'm like, I'm done. Yep. I am burnt out of banking. Can't do it. I'm going to put the chips in on myself. And that's where we're at. And that's where we're at. I was the only earner of income and still am in my family. But I said, you know, I want to know something. I have always, I don't want to say bent over backwards, but for lack of a better term, we always invest ourselves into a company that we're with. Uh Right. Yep. But you know that in the event that something happens to you, they'll, they are going to post for your position within a week. For sure. Right. Right. Yep. So I was to the point where I'm like, you know, do I have a lot of money sitting in the bank? No. Do I have investments that I'm going to have to tap into? Yes. Hell yeah. And yeah. I know that. Right. But I wanted to invest in myself. And not only did I want to invest in myself and put the chips in on myself, I wanted to take that time to grow something that was unique to me because I knew I had a skill set. I didn't know how to implement it, but I knew I had a skill set. Right. And I knew that I wanted to show my kids that there's a different avenue. Sure. So I've got three kids, three, nine, and 11. So I wanted to show them that there's a different path. Yeah. That's not... Right. That's that's not common, right? Uh-huh. It's, it's an uncommon path. It really is because um, it's easy for people just to stay with status quo, right? So now you get a coach, and I would say encourage business owners, hundred percent, and to figure out what is their obstacles. How can they think of like different ways to work through those? Yeah. So tell me about how that journey has been. And let's be honest, you've been doing this for quite some time. Mm-hmm. This is just the first part you're doing it for yourself, Correct. right? Yeah. So let's talk about one, your journey just up, up to this point, just with speaking into to business owners, what are some of issues that you get to like work on together, obviously with your business owner, but let's talk through some of those yeah. You know, for me, I think one of the biggest ones is, is fear. Mm. You know, it's fear to take that leap, right? Um, you know, everyone, uh, I had a friend of mine who I was in banking with and I was trying to not convince him, but show him like, hey, what I'm doing is something that you can do too. You also have a unique skill set yeah. that you can take to the market and be able to help people with. Yep. But Ryan was a, he he was comfortable just doing his every having a paycheck every two weeks. He yep. likes that comfort. He likes right. that, you know, he's, he's a farmer, farm kid background, um, in, uh, in, in Southwest Iowa, but that's what he did. And that's what he was comfortable with. And I was like, you know, Hey man, that's, that, that's you. That's totally cool. You do what you're going to do with that. But, you know, I think overcoming self doubt, overcoming fear, overcoming imposter syndrome, overcoming mm-hmm. just getting in your own damn way. That's a good point. Right. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of people find that they, you know, it's, it's paralysis by analysis as well. Do I have enough information? Have I done enough due diligence? And they don't ever get to the point where they are confident enough in themselves to take the leap. Mm, That's good. It's good because I mean, I think a lot of times, you know, you've heard this and I've heard said this on the show, find something you love doing and you won't, you won't work a day in your life. Absolutely. That's such a, the worst thing to say, like you find what you love to do and you work harder than anybody else does, mm-hmm. but you don't feel like you're working that hard. Cause you just right. love to do it. Now yeah. you, your thing that you love to do would be like hard work for me. Like, there's no way I'd do it. Or, uh, let's say the person that loves to do paperwork on her team. Like, I'm sorry, what? Like, <laughs> but she like, I love to do it. And so we're all uniquely gifted. Right. And so what is that one thing that you love to do? 
but that's unique to you. Mm-hmm. And then you can do that every day, day in and day out. And you work harder than anybody else does, yeah. but you just do it in such a different way because you actually like doing it. Right. I think it's really good. And when you said that fear, it reminds me, I've been watching and coaching my son, but you know, you just observe your kids. Right. And what I found is that I, I see a lot of myself in this. So I'm speaking to my son, but it's really Philip that I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. But, uh, he doesn't like to go 100% because he wants that flick of understanding that, oh, that's why I didn't succeed because I didn't go 100%. And like, I'm telling you, I'm preaching to the choir because there's never been once in my workouts and all the different sports things I've done is like, I've gone to like throw up, you know, like that's all I got. Mm -hmm. I never do it. Like there's always a little bit left in the gauge for whatever reason, right? But I think we can psychoanalysis that all day. But I see a lot of myself in my son and I I'm like trying to pour into him like, Hey, there's a better way. Yeah. Like do it different than I did and see what potential you could do. Even if you fail miserably, but you gave it all you got. Hey. There's something so satisfying about that. And I think this is why I'm so passionate about the uncommon path for people is because you work so hard for somebody else to make a lot of money. Like how much money do you feel like you've made other companies? It's a lot of money. A lot. And so like, give me 10, 25% of that. And you're going to be living better than you ever have. Absolutely. But we don't feel like that. We feel like, Oh, this is the safe path. And I do think that something COVID has done in a positive way is they've shown even big companies. You're a number, you know, Mm -hmm. where it used to be like find safety in the bigger companies because you won't have a, that was not the case in COVID. Right. It was like the bigger companies were almost more exposed than the people who are nimble. Like I can move around. What can I do? Um, but man, it's been fascinating for me to be able to see people and start looking like you are. We're like, wait, I have a unique skill set. I'm going to try it. I've packed my parachute for how long? Yeah. <laughs> and now it's time for me to pour into other people. Uh, so let's talk about other obstacles that I feel or like you've seen. Yeah. Um, I, I will give you one while you think is uh, health insurance. What am I going to do for health insurance? Right. And honestly, that's a valid obstacle. Right. Uh, because I remember when I went into this, this whole uncommon path, I remember that was one for us. And what I did the research on, it was about $1,600 a month. For my family of five. Right. And I'm like, wait a second, that's more than my mortgage. How am I supposed to do that? Right. You know, and so that was an obstacle that we obviously got through. Um, Full disclosure, we did this Christian care, not insurance. You know what I'm saying? That's what I always say. But that's what we did for our family. And it's been life giving for us. Yeah. I'm not saying that's for everybody. But again, these are small things that you have to like understand what's your risk tolerance, what's your fear factor, what's your biggest fears, and is that probable. Right. And if that's probable, then you have to go the other side of like, but what if the other side is true where this is better than my wildest dreams? Like, I feel like sometimes people forget that. Yeah. But the realist side of things are like, well, I need to know my biggest fear, which are, you know, worst consequence. Okay. Then let's talk about it. But just kind of mapping that out and giving people roadmap is, is helpful. So that's one thing, health insurance. What's another one? Well, one of the first things I'll say is, is that if anybody that you know anybody that's listening to this um, or everybody that's listening to this that hasn't gotten to the point where they want to take that leap, mm. you have to know that there is going to be you're going to be uncomfortable mm. because it's not something that you have done every day. And what you've yes. done every day is you found a way to become comfortable in your routine. Oh, this will that. be a new right. routine. This will feel uncomfortable. You unless you and I don't whether we dive into this or not, but if you don't have a plan in place 
for yourself, you're going to get up every day and go, what do I do now? Yeah. I have this great idea, but what do I do? Okay. Well, that's not, not a business plan necessarily. Like you have the idea, but a plan of like, what is your plan of action? What are you going to do each and every day to move that needle Mm -hmm. forward? Right. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be uncomfortable as hell. So, you know, other things, you know, yeah. Health insurance is a big one. Um, you know, you, you know, know your competition, you know, who, mm. what is everybody else doing out there? Right. Um, you and I met, I don't know how many years ago now, Philip, we met through a mutual client of ours, um, yep. former client of mine, for, yep. for current client of yours. Yep. And, um, you know, the thing that I, that I love about you is you don't view wealth management, investment, retirement, the way that everybody else Mm. views it. Mm. And what I love about how you're doing it is, is that everybody socks all this money away and they're like, okay, I'm going to hit 65, 70 and okay. I made it. Yeah. Now I can live. Change my life. Dude, you're going to try to like live and do all the things you want to do when you're 65, 70. Yeah. Like I'm only 45 and I'm already starting to feel like when I wake up in the morning, I'm sore as way more sore than when I went to bed. And I'm like, when I'm 70, I'm not going to be able to do the things I want to do. I'm not going to be able to go, you know, downhill mountain biking. I'm not going to be able to go whitewater rafting, go hiking for however many days. Like I want to be able to enjoy things now right. because tomorrow is not guaranteed. Um, bro. Amen. To right, that. dude. Yes. So the things that I look at with these things are, you know, being comfortable in the uncomfortable, getting over self doubt. There's health insurance. There's, you know, there's, there's skilled workforce, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially depending upon the industry that you're in. You know, do you have a demand for your product, financial constraint? There's all of these different things that are out there. But the one thing, and I know you said kind of, you know, you talked about health insurance, and I think that those are all important things. Mm-hmm. But the most important thing for anybody out there who's looking at starting is belief in yourself. Mm-hmm. If you have like my wife, and I know that your wife is the same way, to have us, whoever your partner is, to have a strong support system at home. And if you don't have a partner or, you know, anything like that, find yourself a mentor, find yourself a coach, find yourself others around you that can help support you in your journey. Because if you have like minded people that are around you that are going to help push you and keep you accountable, and if you've been successful, you you will be successful. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing it with your heart, and if you're doing it to better other people, and you're not just looking at, okay, is this my golden, you know, is this my is golden silver ticket? Bullet? Is this yeah. my silver bullet? Right. And I, if you're looking at it from that perspective, you can't go, you can't go wrong. Mm. You can't go wrong. I love that. I love that you say it because I want to talk on this for a little bit, just being uncomfortable. And yeah. I want the listeners to like stop and think about this. When in your life were you uncomfortable? Like when in your life? And it can be a long time ago. It could be yesterday. I don't care. But then think about the most growth in your life. And it will be close to that time when you were uncomfortable. And we all want to be growing, but we all don't want to be uncomfortable. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so even when we're younger, like everything is uncomfortable because everything's new. Yet you're growing at such a tremendous rate. Like when, when does that stop? There is this innate feeling that we want to be comfortable, but yet we also want to be growing. And I feel like for us to be truly growing, we have to be uncomfortable. We have to set ourselves off in this section where like, I don't feel great about it. Mm-hmm. Yet, this is where I love that you kind of brought this in. Like, how are you going to enjoy 
the uncomfortable today? Yeah. And how are you going to make that your new normal? Where, okay, it's always uncomfortable. Like, everything's uncomfortable. And let's be honest, we can always be thinking of times in our lives where, like, oh, this part doesn't feel great, you know? So there's always going to be some things in our life that doesn't, it's not perfect. Right. But if we can make our life, and this is something that I've been really trying to focus on, in the circumstance, can we have a good attitude in it? Can we still go on vacations? Can we still enjoy our life? Because I feel like a lot of times people on the more comfortable journey or the common path have this understanding that when I retire, life is going to be better. And what I have seen in my 10 years of doing this business is not true. Like you have to condition yourself to live the way that you want to live in retirement early because not a lot of people can just go from zero to 60. Like, hey, I want to play pickleball every day of my life when I retire. Well, are you playing pickleball now? No. <laughs> and so when retirement hits, it's, that's such a dumb example. But you get what I'm saying. Like, hey, I want to serve people in Afghanistan. I want to serve people. I want to. Well, what are you doing now? Well, nothing. I don't have time. Well, who? Like, what is that small step that you can do to start pursuing these things that you're excited about? And when that time comes where hopefully you have enough cash flow or whatever is happening in your life that you don't have to worry about money, then you can continue to pour yourself into something that you already have been doing because it's been so passionate about yours. So yeah, I love the uncomfortableness. And I feel like that's a charge to everybody is like, what ways are you feeling uncomfortable now? Yeah. And if you can't think of any, I feel like the comfortableness can eat you alive. I mean, you brought it up earlier, and for anybody that's listening that has kids, how many times do you tell your kids to do things that they're not comfortable with? Like every day. Right? You already brought that up as well, yes. right? So I work with um, with my three kids um, that being comfortable is not where it's at. You have no growth when you're comfortable, mm. right? You have to push yourself, whether that's your mind, whether that's your body, whether it's you know spirituality, whatever it is. If you don't challenge anything, if you don't challenge yourself, how are you ever going to grow? You become mm-hmm. stagnant, right? You, right. You, you're, you're, you as a person can atrophy. Yes. Right? Yes. You can atrophy because you're not, you're not changing. You're not, right. you're not doing things that are different. Um, you know, you're going to be uncomfortable. You need to learn to enjoy the process. Mm-hmm. And the process, you're going to have ups and downs. Again, like I said, it's not linear, right? Yeah. Your, your, your line is not, it, your, your success is not going to be in a straight line from point A to point Z. From start to end, it's going to be all over the board. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. Yep. But if you can stick with the process, and I tell my kids this every day, if you can learn to be 1% better every day, and I know that's everybody knows that, but if you can be 1% better every day, if you can do one thing a little bit better today than you did yesterday, like my daughter struggles to sleep in her bed, Mm. right? She still sleeps in her closet. She's going to be 10. Which I'm not. I'm not shaming her for that. There's other things that are going on with that. For sure. But what I'm saying is like, hey, if you can stay in here for five minutes today, and then it's five and a half minutes, and then it's six minutes. Yes. And by the time right. you're, you're up to thirty minutes, you're like, well, gosh, this isn't as hard as I thought it was going to for be. For sure. But it's incremental gains. It's it's what I, I just did a post on this on in- Instagram. It's it's finding ways to have micro wins because yeah. if you can't find a way to have micro wins, if you say, well, I want to start a business and I want to grow it to a million dollars and I'm going to do it in twelve. Dude, that's not that's not going to work. Yeah, right. if you don't, you're have, setting yourself up for you're failure. setting yourself up for failure. But if right. you can say, "Hey, I want to have certain things change in my life," and if mm-hmm. I get to like, you can have this number in your head. But if you can find ways to have micro wins along the way, it keeps you engaged, for and sure. you see wins along the way. It gets you excited. Yep. People are going to see that around you, and there are things that yep. you can share in your process, and you're enjoying the process. Right. If you don't do that, you're not going to enjoy it. You're going to be right back where you started. Yeah. So- 
so good. Dude, it's just going to happen. So I like to say, because you said something that was like profound. You said you will be successful. And like, I think a lot of people are fearful that they won't be successful or their success won't be exactly how they thought it through their mind. And I would say you're 100% right that it might not look like your success when you start, but you'll be grateful that you have taken this journey for what you have learned and pushing yourself outside your comfort zone. And to me, that's success. Yeah. Right? When we're constantly learning, constantly growing, and we know more now than we did yesterday. And this is why I think it's fascinating. And I, again, I manage people's money. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. Okay. But first, I want to make sure that they're on a trajectory that they love. Right. So, and at any point, they can take any of their money and go after that, go invest in that. No problem. But what I tell people is like, if you give me your money, the only thing I can guarantee you if I put it in the market is 100% loss. That's the only thing I can guarantee you, right? This is like going to compliance nightmare because like, oh, he's guaranteeing things. Okay, that's the only thing I can truly guarantee you. And if that were to happen where you gave me your money and it goes poof gone, zero, like what have you learned? Not to give your money to Philip. Like that's pretty much what that's going to be. Also, like you... (laughs) there's just not a lot of growth and learning from that other than oh, I, my money's gone. What happened? Right. Yeah. But if you've taken that money and invested in something that you wanted to find success or whatever, trying to find a new thing and it doesn't go well, like think about how many things you've learned along the way. Dude, that's let me tell you this priceless. Right now. Yeah. hundred percent. So the pandemic started what? 2020. Yep. Okay. So I went to work for a new bank in 2020 to be the market president. Um, I left that job that paid very, very well in February of 21. So still pretty much in the midst of the pandemic. I left that job, had no other income coming in, started two businesses. One's a franchise. One was my own consulting firm. Right. Okay. I had, I had, I had nothing there in that time. So since 2021, my wife and I have bought a business, sold a business. I've started two businesses. I've consulted for banks. I've helped other businesses who are struggling um, some of them are still working through things. The amount that I have learned. So I, I, I've got my associate's degree, my bachelor's degree, my master's degree, <laughs> and I've went to the graduate school of banking at the university of Colorado. And what I've learned in the last two ish years is more than I ever learned in that entire 10 years that I was in school for sure, for good sure. and bad for sure, which is also valuable. It's valuable. Yes. Right. And I would not change if I could go back, you know, cause I've, you know, Maddox and excuse me, Maddox in London, um, my two kiddos are always talking about, you know, what I want to do when I go to school. What do I want to be? Mm. Maddox like an architect and all these things. I was like, I was like, hey guys, if you decide that you don't want to go to school, that's okay. Yeah, like that's okay to yes. do that. Right. And if you do want to go to school, maybe we try it a little bit more unique than what than what everybody else is doing yeah, right, right now. Right. So I, I think that you know, if you're young, if you're listening to this, and you're, I'm 45, and I'm I'm still trying to you know do different things. It's never too late to start. Um, first of all, when you talk about time, right? And when we were talking about the process and being uncomfortable, um, I wrote this down based on a comment that you said, Philip, was if you go into it with the mindset that you're going to fail, mm. you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to have a mind shift to say, and everyone's like, well, it's so easy just to say, you know, you just have to have a mind shift. Well, Yes, you do have to have a positive mindset. And if you don't have a positive mindset, you have to have a mind shift. Because if you don't have a positive mindset going into it, whatever you are thinking, whatever is your inner dialogue will end up what being what you produce. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. And here's the thing that I think to edify that, because I feel like 
Yeah. Just, so when you have a perspective and perception where you're going to fail, everything that's negative that comes out, you keep reinforcing like, well, see, I shouldn't have done it. Or, you know, but when you have this mindset of like, no, it's, there's going to be bumps. Absolutely. But like, let's talk about the successes. You start seeing more opportunities where you're like, wow, that was really cool that that just happened. Right. So it's just a way to be able to see and through different lenses, what lenses are you looking through today? Yeah. Is it optimistic? Is it excitement? Or is it like, whoa, I'm in a bad place. Good to know, right? And mm-hmm. honestly, that's why I think coaching or getting around like a community where they can speak truth of like, hey, man, you're doing a lot of good things too. Yeah. Uh, I need that, right? right? I think we all have this moments of like, oh boy, what's yeah. happening? And that's what I would say at the end of this. This uncommon journey is kind of lonely. And that's why it's so amazing to have a brand, to be like a beacon of hope of like, no, there's other people like me that I can get around that like is also believing and investing in themselves and they want me to win just as much as I want them to win. So how can I serve them today? How can I be an encouragement to somebody else? And I just did a podcast. It was a simple step of like, what opportunities are we maybe missing in the, just the mundane day to day to be able to encourage somebody else? Because right now, I'll cling to those people like a life raft. Those people are like, hey, you can do this. Like, I yeah. believe in you. And I, I've i been in a tough spot. You can get out of that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And to your point, and like you said, to, fin- to finish, you know, that thought, if you find yourself in that you're surrounded by people that are questioning what you're doing mm-hmm. or they're, they're kind of throwing water on your fire and, and it drags you down. I encourage you to step back and do a, a mental inventory of the people that you have in your life. Mm. Um, and I actually commented on somebody had it on Instagram today that was talking about this and they said, you know, you, you shouldn't cut people out of your life that don't bring, don't bring you joy or don't help you in your path. Now, I, I think you can go both ways on that, uh-huh. but I do think that everybody should have a mental um, should do a mental inventory and say, okay, who is here to encourage me in my growth? If they're not in there to encourage you in your growth, your right. circle shrinks. Right. And that's good. Right. That, that can be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I shared that with you right? maybe six months ago and I said, hey, I had this circle, but now I'm shrinking that circle because people that I thought were there to advocate for me and to encourage me and I was doing for them wasn't what I thought it was. Uh-huh. You know, there was all these question marks of, well, why would you do that, Kevin? Well, why would you, versus saying, hey, dude, I think that's a great thing to do. Have you thought right. about this? It's even yes. in the approach of how you communicate that to yep. someone too. So if you out, if, if anybody is listening to that, uh, or listening to this and they're, they're finding themselves that you're having some naysayers that are out there. Just do, do an inventory of your circle. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. And your spouse is your biggest advocate. If they're not on board, like I wouldn't go down this path Absolutely. because it is going to be hard and challenging. And without them to be able to support you, I mean, it's a bleak, lonely world. And, and like you said, like there are people out there and I feel like I am too a little bit like somebody's like, you can't do that. And I'm like, hold my beer, you know, right. hundred <laughs> percent. You know, it don't challenge me. Yeah. Right. It, that's not your play. And people know I'm competitive. So that's hilarious. But, um, I do feel like overarching, you have to have those people in your life that are like, I'm your biggest fan. Right. Mm-hmm. Or like, I love this definition of mentorship. Somebody who sees potential in you and is willing to prove it to you. Like those people who are like, if you need me, I'm right here. Yeah. You know, like, oh man, let's go. Yeah. Because I feel like I have the world at my back to support me kind of moving forward, even through the hard times. Yep. And I'm really like begging to say like, even through a hard circumstance, is my attitude strong? Is, am I positive? 
am I being uplifting to the team and the people that are helping me paddle this life preserver down the whitewater? Um, and so that's the coolest part, right? And I think that's why I wanted you on the show is because you have this beacon of like hope that like I've been through a lot and yeah. I want to bless other people with some of the bad things that I've done, some of the good things to try to get through this whitewater faster so yeah. they can pursue what they want to do and be excellent. 100%. It, it, it's so easy to just, you. It, it would be so easy just to give up. Mm. Um, I've suffered from health anxiety for 37 of my 45 years wow. and I could have given up a, a lot of times along the way, but yep. you, you know, you, you find ways to persevere. You find ways to say, I'm not going to let this beat me or, yep. or I'm not going to let what that person said define me or get in my way of growth. Um, so if, if you put your mind to it, that it's something you want to do and you're going to be comfortable being uncomfortable, um, Anybody can do it. It's just, you know, the belief has to come within to start with. Right. That's good. Well, Kevin, you are a wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much just for blessing us with just the wisdom that you've had up to this point. And I'm grateful to have you in my circle just to be able to encourage me. And I'm also grateful that you're impacting others. So thank you for your own uncommon path. I'm grateful that you get to walk through that. And then I'm glad that you're helping people kind of walk them through their own. Because, again, we need more people to invest in themselves. We need more people to be able to come down this uncommon path because, that is where I think people get uncomfortable, but they get used to it and they get used to the growth that happens mm-hmm. and they know that, oh, I am be- I am successful. Although be it maybe different than what I thought at first, I think this path is so life-giving that it's worth pursuing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it. Hopefully this brought some value uh, to your listeners and, and things like that. So thanks again for having yes, me on. So if our listeners wanted to reach out to you in any way, what's the best way to do? Just go to Instagram. It's at K and then Lease, L-E-A-S-E-M is in Mary, B is in boy, A is in apple. So at Kaylee's MBA um, on Instagram, shoot me a DM on that. Uh, it's the easiest way to follow me and, and find me. Perfect. And he's putting out a lot of great content. So I would definitely encourage our listeners to follow, follow you and uh, reach out if you have any questions. But you've been listening to the Uncommon Wealth Podcast. I've been your host, Philip Ramsey. Until next time, go get uncomfortable. Thanks for listening. That's all for this episode. Brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit UncommonWealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.